welcome to day 53 of Shaped by the Word. We're in our third season uh, doing the story of the prophets. Uh, The first season, again, was the New Testament, and then we did the story of the entire Bible. Uh, Central to both Old and New Testament are are the prophets. uh, They bring the judgment of God against the people for their unfaithfulness, but also hold out future hope as God who is faithful, restores his people and restores their hope. And so we're getting used to the rhythm of the prophets uh, being a rhythm of judgment that is followed by a portrait of incredible hope. Uh, as dark as the portraits of judgment are, the uh, portraits of hope are rich and are deep and are compelling. And uh, so we uh, come in the middle of a series of judgments that begin in chapter 13, go all the way through in a 27 uh, to one of those portraits of hope in uh Isaiah 14. I'm Paul, here with uh, Cindy, David, and Matt as we continue our journey through the prophets. Uh, Cindy, you mind lifting us up before we uh, read? No, I don't mind. Father, thank you so much for this time in your word. And we thank you what a gift your word is to us. And Father, we just ask that as we um, are reading it even now, that you would open the eyes of our hearts, that we may see all that you have here for us, Lord, that we would um, deepen our faith and our love for you. It's in Christ's name we pray. Amen. Isaiah 14. And the Lord will have compassion on Jacob. Once again, he'll choose Israel. He will settle them in their own land. Foreigners will join them and unite with the descendants of Jacob. Nations will take them and bring them to their own place. And Israel will take possession of the nations and make them male and female servants in the Lord's lands. They will make captives of their captors and rule over their oppressors. On the day the Lord gives you relief from your suffering and turmoil and from the harsh labor forced on you, you will take up his taunt against the king of Babylon. How the oppressor has come to an end, how his fury has ended. The Lord has broken the rod of the wicked, the scepter of the rulers, which in anger struck down peoples with unceasing blows and in fury subdued nations with relentless aggression. All the lands are at rest and at peace. They break into singing. Even the junipers and the cedars of Lebanon gloat over you and say, Now that you've been laid low, no one comes to cut us down. The realm of the dead below is all astir to meet you at your coming. It rouses the spirits of the departed to greet you. All those who were leaders in the world, it makes them rise from their thrones. All those who were kings over the nations. They will all respond. They will say to you, You also have become weak as we are. You become like us. All your pomp has been brought down to the grave along with the noise of your harps. Maggots are spread out beneath you and worms cover you. How you have fallen from heaven, morning star, son of the dawn. How you have been cast down to the earth, you who once laid low the nations. You said in your heart, I'll ascend to the heavens. I'll raise my throne above the stars of God. I'll sit enthroned on the mount of the assembly on the utmost heights of Mount Zephon. I will ascend above the tops of the clouds. I will make myself like the most high. But you were brought down to the realm of the dead, to the depths of the pit. Those who see you stare at you. They ponder your fate. If this Is this the man who shook the earth and made the kingdoms tribble, the man who made uh, the world a wilderness, who overthrew its cities and would not let its captives go home? All the kings of the nation lie in state, each in his own tomb, but you are cast out of your tomb like a rejected branch. You are covered with the slain. With those pierced by the sword, those descended from stones of the pit, like a corpse trapped underfoot, you will not join them in burial, for you've destroyed your land and you've killed your people. Let the offspring of the wicked never be mentioned again. Prepare a place to slaughter his children for the sins of their ancestors. 
They are not to rise to inherit the land and cover the earth with their cities. I will rise against them, declares the Lord Almighty. I'll wipe out uh, Babylon's name and survivors, uh, and, and survivors, her offspring descendants, declares the Lord. I will turn into her a place for owls, into her a swampland. I will sweep her from the broom of destruction, declares the Lord. The Lord Almighty has sworn, surely as I have planned, so it will be, as I have purposed, so it will happen. I will crush the Assyrians in my land. On my mountain I will trample him down. His yoke will be taken from my people and his burden removed from their shoulder. This is a plan determined for the whole world. This is a hand stretched out over all nations. For the Lord Almighty has purposed, and who can thwart him? His hand is stretched out, and who can turn it back? Of course, you have those wonderful statements of, you know, God's sovereignty. You know, as close as surely I have plans, it will be as I have purposed. You know, so it will happen. For the Lord Almighty has purposed, verse 27, and who can turn his hand back? His hand's outstretched. So it's a gorgeous picture of that. And of course, we, we have that brought into a full you know, scope for us. You know, Apostle Paul you know, said, for we know that all things work together for the good of those who love the Lord and are called according to his plan and his purpose. And of course, that's what uh, he will tell you know, the people through the prophet you know, Jeremiah. My plans, you know, are not to harm you, but to give you a future and, and to a hope. And uh, when we look at it from, you know, if you find yourself in the middle of all the tumult of the nations while you're in you know, Israel just barely hanging on because of your idolatry and your unfaithfulness to God, you know, all of this looks impossible. But uh, if you uh, rise above and you look at the God who has promised, it is, is far more than possible. And that's some um, we see right from the start. It just really grabbed me in verse one. It says, "You know, the Lord will have compassion on Jacob." Even even that's incredible. Once again, you know, He will choose Israel. And you know, just thinking about the story of Scripture, and you know, there's the once again He chose Adam and Eve, and the once again He went after Moses and Abraham, and once again He's going after Israel again. And even you know, Jesus goes to the cross, rises from the dead. Most of the people have deserted him, and you know, even he once again goes and, and and calls these people back to himself. And just just looking at the heart of God, yes, there's judgment, rightfully so, all throughout. But again, just to be reminded again that once again he is he is choosing his people and and calling them back to himself, and just a beautiful picture and one that I think I needed to hear. Maybe. No, and we're reminded, in, you know, uh, Deuteronomy. You know, God reminds them, I didn't choose you because you were the most powerful of the nations, or the most wealthy of the nations. You were actually, you know, some of the weakest people on, on, on the earth and some of, you know, the poor and despised, and I chose you to be my own. And, and so for him to have chosen them in the first time was an incredible act of grace. But even after they've been defiant and they've mm-hmm. uh, walked away from him and have been unfaithful, he, he chooses them once again. And then we look at ourselves, how unlikely it is, you know, that he has chosen us. And, and what a privilege it is to be, you know, chosen by God, as is known, to be made live in Christ Jesus. And, and so you see those, you know, pictures you know, embedded in here as well. And along with, you know, what David was saying, I appreciate too God's faithfulness and that he settles them in their own land again. I mean, it's not that he just... Um, is having compassion on them, but he is, you know, he is remembering again his his covenant, you know, in the land. So, and that's always been, you know, if we uh, look at, uh, you know, Graham Goldsworthy's overview, you know, of the Old Testament, mm-hmm. you know, that God's rule is about, 
you know, God's gracious rule over God's people and God's God's place. Mm-hmm. And the fact that he, you know, gave them a place in Eden, gave them a place in the promised land. And, and of course, our place is one that's, you know, uh, you know, is, is foreigners in the entire world. Our place is in Christ, which is, you know, kind of interesting as well. But to have a home and, and to have a place mm-hmm. and to have an identity, all of those are gifts, you know, that we get from his grace mm-hmm. and from his presence. Yeah. And what a, a great reversal, you know, verse 3 and verse 4. Um, you know, on that day the Lord gives you relief from your suffering and turmoil and the harsh labor force on you. You will take up this taunt against the king of Babylon. You know, how the oppressor has come to an end, how his fury has ended. And, and you can just think of all the times Babylon taunted Israel and taunted Israel's God. And, My goodness. Uh, and now this great reversal comes. And, and, and I love the extent to which this reversal goes is, um, Isaiah picture in the day, even the lands will be at rest and at peace and the land will break into singing. The, the, yeah, the trees are going to mock you. Who's going to cut us down now? <laughs> yeah. and, uh, because again, we talked about how you know, Babylonians would deplete you know, nations of resources and cut down the trees. And, mm-hmm. uh, and, and so, and the trees are you know, mocking, you know, what are you going to do to us now? And it, it's very graphic. Right? So, and, and remember, when you look at Isaiah, you see it in your Bibles in meter. This is all Hebrew poetry. Mm-hmm. You know, so it has a lot of parallelism and a lot of you know, really rich images. Uh, you know, all the past kings, you know, whose glory has come and gone, will greet you from the grave and say, here you are just as wretched and as poor as we are. And you were once covered, you know, in glory, and now you'll be covered in maggots. Mm-hmm. You know, it's a, you know, the end that is waiting for you is the end of destruction and the end of death. And again, that's the overarching theme, you know, in this section mm-hmm. where the ringing question, you know, to Israel or, or, you know, to Jerusalem is why do you look to the nations? Because their end mm-hmm. is one of utter destruction. They will be forgotten and they will, you know, they will be no more. And he describes that in 19, you know, but you are cast out of your tomb like a rejected branch. And just kind of seeing the word play this week, right? That mm-hmm. this Babylon and this king and this kingdom, it's going to be the rejected branch, but there's going to come another branch from the stump, right? And it's uh, going to be the righteous branch that has fruit. This uh, rejected branch is, is a Hebrew euphemism for miscarried child. Hmm. Uh, and, and, and again, it's it's very graphic mm. and, and, and it's very... You know, and not not you know not from the womb, but from the tomb, like mm-hmm. a miscarried child. Well, we've talked about this too. You know, Isaiah continues to highlight that theme of of pride and humility. You know, and here it is: how you've fallen. I was from sitting here waiting for you to find that section. Yeah, verse thirteen. <laughs> yeah. You said in your heart, "I will ascend to the heavens. I will raise my throne above the stars of God. I will sit enthroned on the mount of assembly." And he says, ah, "But you're brought down to the realm of the dead, to the depths of the pit." And just that again, you know. There's a there's a sense in which we read this and we say, man, how proud was Babylon? How proud were the kings? And and yet this great reversal happens, and it's it's mm-hmm. the weak and mm-hmm. the humble that God lifts up, but it's the proud that He brings down. Yeah, and it, you know, the, there's a, a Babylonian myth that's very similar to this. Is one of the lesser gods, you know, finds his way, you know, to Baal's throne and tries it out for size, and Baal. You know, immediately, you know, said, "Would you lift yourself up to be my equal and cast, you know, cast him down?" And, and of course, so there's kind of an irony here. Your own story is being played out. Your own, your own mythology, your own religion, you know, is being played out in your life. Uh, but it's not Baal who's cast you down. It's the Most High God who has cast you down. 
and it's a, a picture of pride. And of course, we've seen this, you know, traditionally also as a picture, you know, of, of Satan, which largely came in as a King James translation, uh, you know, the the morning star Lucifer. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, there's also a nice play on this that uh, here's one who's exalted themselves as the morning star, and of course, we have in, in Revelation the ultimate picture of the morning star, the star that shines in the morning and gives hope of the dawn. Uh, you know, being you know, being Christ Jesus uh, as well. So <clears throat> beautiful poetry, vivid images, an incredible reminder, you know, the things we depend on come to nothing or laid waste and are mere ash and covered with maggot and worm <laughs> in the end. Uh, but there is one thing that is eternal, and the one thing that is eternal is also the one thing that uh, is most, you know, most steady, most stable, most trustworthy right now. And, and the call to Israel is to take your eyes off the kingdoms of the world and put your eyes on the king. And, and of course, that is a call you know, for us as well. Matt, do you mind closing us with a word of prayer? Yeah, let's pray. Father, we thank you that you are um, indeed compassionate. You're the one who um, continues time and time again to pursue us um, in spite of our proud hearts, in spite of our arrogance, in spite of um, are seeking other things. Um, Father, you continue to um, to pursue us, and, and not only that, but to, um, to humble us and, and to give us um, a heart that beats for you. And so, Father, we thank you for the grace we have in Christ Jesus. We thank you that um, that he didn't he didn't consider equality with God something to be grasped, but he humbled himself, taking the form of a servant um, for us. And, and so, Father, as we look to... Um, we look to Jesus today. Would you, would you form us um, in His image, uh, Father? Would you continue to use um, the gospel to transform us? We thank you for the grace we have in Him. It's in Christ's name we pray. Amen. Amen.